Join me right now on Kumite TV. Is one of the best featherweights in the world, Josh Emmett. What's going on, Josh? Not much, man. Thanks for having me on. No doubt, no doubt. Um, let's get right into it. You know, your last appearance was 13 months ago, UFC on Fox 28. You took on Jeremy Stevens. You suffered some injuries, you know, due to that fight. Was it a personal decision to take so much time off, or did you take advice from others? Because I know you wanted to get right back in, probably. Yeah, no, um, it was definitely like a personal choice and just, uh, you know, recommended by some of the, the doctors and therapists that I was seeing. Um, just because, like I've said before, I've seen this in, uh, with like teammates, coaches, and just in the sport that uh, people have bad concussion. They come back too soon, get another one, and then it's like career ending. I didn't want that to happen to me because I feel like I'm just, you know, kind of getting started. And I have a long career ahead of me. So I, I just took the necessary time off so I could heal up right, get back in practice. Um, actually, I've been in practice, like drilling and doing a lot of things for quite some time. But then I started going 100% um, in practice and, and felt good. So then I was like, okay, it's, it's ready to get a fight. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, what were some of the struggles you went through the past year? Um, man, I'd say that the main struggle was just uh, just a little bit financially, just because I only fought one time in 2018 in, in the beginning of February, so I only got paid once, and since I lost, I only got half a paycheck. And then, uh, yeah, just just like healing from all the injuries. You know, I had a lot of, several fractures on my face. I had uh, I was experiencing really bad vertigo. Um, yeah, just it was it was tough, man. It was. Uh, through like my career, I'd say it's probably definitely one of the lows <laughs> that I've ever had. And uh, I just had to stay positive. I had my support system around me still. You know, my, my wife is the biggest supporter and, and does so much for me. So she was right by my side. And just like uh, my, my core group of friends and my mom, you know, of course, they were uh, right there next to me, just, you know, lending a hand, anything I needed. Uh, they were all there, and it's the same group of people that have been there since the beginning. They're still there for me. So it's uh, it was it was a year where I I just had I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about you know other people. But uh, yeah, I'm just I'm ready to get back in there and uh, get back to where I was at. Yeah, it must be so beneficial to have that support system because a lot of guys in this sport don't have that support system. They don't have a family that supports their career. They don't have friends that stick around the whole time. You know, some of them jump ship real quick, right? Yep. Yeah, no, of course. And it's, uh, and I'm lucky that I, I have a huge support system, like not only just the, the people I was talking about, but, uh, you know, I, I know several doctors and therapists and they're the ones that kind of led me in the right direction. Like they were asking, are you doing this? Are you experiencing this? I'm like, no yes and they're like you need to go see this come you come do this and it just got me thinking a lot of, about other fighters i'm lucky enough and fortunate that i know these people and they're my friends otherwise i'd be you know kind of screwed and and i know there's fighters out there that don't have those relationships that i have and so if, if this were to happen to someone else and say they're on the the lower end or whatnot even even in my shoes you know i at one point, I was ranked fourth in the world, and I, I didn't get anything. Uh, the UFC didn't, you know, contact me, ask how I was feeling, ask how I'm doing, 
or say, hey, let's fly you out to see this person. But I had my friends doing it. So I'm fortunate enough to do that. I think there needs to be, um, I don't know, maybe a little bit more um, accessibility for, for us fighters for not only just when you get like broken things or torn things, like even what I went through, like traumatic brain injury. It looks like you built a, a lot more mental toughness throughout this past year, it seems. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I've always felt like, you know, that's one of my strong attributes that I, I'm like so mentally tough and a lot of people will, uh, will tell you that mm -hmm. that know me. Um, there's no one that'll like break me mentally. Um, mm -hmm. but just everything I went through and just, uh, sitting on the sideline and just like watching from afar, man. And I just, you know, I, I just, yeah, definitely got not more numb to things, but just, mm -hmm. uh, and I want to say angry, maybe a little angry about certain things, but, uh, yeah, definitely just keeps like just throwing fuel on the fire mm -hmm. and, uh, it, it, it motivates me more, it drives me more, and, uh, and and now I really just was able to sit back and just know what I need to do, and it gives me more of a purpose, you know, and even with the loss, um, it's it's kind of, I'm not glad all the, the things that happened to me, of course, they're pretty bad injuries, but it kind of, you know, maybe I needed that loss, you know, because I felt like before that, I, I never took damage in a fight, I felt like i even though I had one loss on my record before that last fight, I felt like I won that fight. Um, I felt like I got hometown in that, but this, I just, uh, I just got to sit back and think. I was always going on to the next fight. I was always thinking ahead, thinking past my opponent, but now I'm just a hundred percent focused on the person in front of me, nothing else. And I'm just going to do whatever I can to, you know, overcome that obstacle to get my hand raised on March 30th. Definitely. Um, you know, with the limited contact, did you work on other parts of your game? You know, film studying, you know, strength and conditioning, maybe some mind coaching, you know, which is big nowadays for fighters. Yeah, well, I've actually always uh, worked with a mind coach for, for years. And uh, so I, you know, I, I haven't really done that recently. Uh, but, you know, I, I have a lot of uh, strategies and just tools that I use. And then as far as it, strength and conditioning, I, I got back to lifting heavy. Um, when I dropped down to featherweight, I was doing a lot more endurance stuff. And I felt good, but I just I didn't have that like explosiveness that I used to have in strength. And so I, I really dialed into my strength and conditioning, and, and I feel super explosive again, feel really strong and, and fast. And, uh, and then I was just working on a lot of just, just different parts of the game, like uh, I've been going down to Dublin. It's in the Bay Area. It's like a two-hour drive for me. I was doing that on Tuesday and Thursday and working with uh, um, Coach Kieran. He's uh, a Muay Thai uh, coach, and they have some of the best uh, Muay Thai and kickboxers around, tons of world champions. So I've been going down there for, man, I think I started in maybe August. Right, yeah. August or so for quite some time going down there twice a week getting different looks and just uh trying to really you know put more uh tools in my arsenal you know so I I feel like I have a lot more weapons now and I'm excited to go out there and uh showcase that yeah it seems like uh team alpha male has built a good relationship with coach Kirian. I think he's the head coach of CSA right 
Yep. Yeah. He's, he's the head coach and one of the owners. And yeah. So if you, if you know of him or heard of him, he's a, he's a great coach. And just like all the other coaches we have and, and just the look that we get from some of those guys, uh, there's this guy, Eddie Solo, Gaston Blanos, those guys are, uh, yeah, just, it's crazy look, you know, uh, especially cause that's their world. So I'm trying to go in there and just, and just see like all the kicks, knees, elbows and just how crafty they are. And I feel like it's got me so much better. Just like when I was, you know, I'm a wrestler. I come from, I started wrestling when I was little, um, all the way through college and I, I love boxing. You know, I, I fell in love with boxing. That's still probably one of my, my favorite parts of martial arts. And my coach, Joey, he would take me into all these uh, pro boxing gyms early in my career. This is before I was in the UFC, just when we were fighting on the regional scene. And uh, I would spar these pro boxers, and it's a complete different look. You know what I mean? The MMA is like one, two, maybe three punches. But these guys are just punches and bunches, just throwing, throwing, throwing nonstop and I feel like that's what got my my boxing so sharp and I felt comfortable just staying in the pocket seeing punches blocking punches and throwing them right back and now doing the same thing with Muay Thai it's uh I'm I'm getting you know all that as well and it's uh it's just evolving my game and of course I've been doing a lot of jujitsu and and I'm back to wrestling and and that's the thing a lot of people don't know either I've been hurt the whole time I've been in the UFC. My only fight, I was 100% healthy doing everything, was the first fight. It was a John Tuck fight, and I got that on a four-day notice. Um, other than that, I'd been running on a treadmill, hitting mitts, and just sparring. Like, I got away from everything else because I always had something going on with me, and now I'm back to everything, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, and all of this. So that's why I feel like I've been fighting at, like, 50 60% of my capabilities you know, the whole time in the UFC except the first fight. Well, you got me excited to see what you got in store, you know, on uh, on this next fight, man. Uh, you go from Big Fox to Big ESPN, Michael Johnson in Philadelphia. He's won two out of three as a featherweight. Have you been impressed by his performances? Yeah, no, I, I think Michael Johnson's a tough guy, man. I, I know he's a tough guy. Like, you can't. You can't deny him. He has nothing to prove. He's he's beat the the who's who at fifty fives, fought some of the best at fifty fives, and then um, yes, he's he's a threat everywhere. You know, I, I feel like I have to be cautious that any moment he can end the fight and I can end the fight as well. So I just have to stick to my game plan and uh, go in there and just just impose my will and uh, just do what I do best. You know, and, and I'm confident that I'll come out victorious. Um, but yeah, he, he's definitely, he's, he's dangerous, man. He, he has the experience. He, he, I think in the lightweight division, he's beat the top. He beat Ferguson, Poye, and, uh, Barboza, you know, and those guys are all in the top five, <laughs> top three, you know what I mean? So it's, uh, he doesn't have to prove anything. I, I have to go out there and prove to everyone that I belong there. I, you know, that's, that's always my mindset, you know, I feel like I have to go out there and just outclass them. Johnson, he has fought two of your teammates at featherweight. Has that been helpful for you in preparation? Uh, yeah, it's. Um, I feel like any time a teammate or a coach has fought uh, another guy, they can give me a little bit of insight. But uh, you know, I really don't know until I get in there. You know, it's uh, as soon as we get in there and I and I kind of like feel his his power and and see the speed and stuff like that, then, then I kind of know, even once we 
you know, if we get into a clinch or something and I, I can see like, okay, how strong is this guy? Um, that's kind of like, I, like, cause I've, I've had several people, um, like even Andre's fought a handful of guys that I fought on the regional scene. So he don't give me that insight when I fought Lamas, um, you know, Chad, Danny, uh, had fought him too. And so they were giving me some insight, but it's, you know, sometimes it like boosts your confidence. Like, they're like, oh, you're going to do so well or this and that, but he's good at this. And I'm like, okay, I kind of take it with a grain of salt, but I'll know once I get in there, you know. And and I've seen all his fights. You know, I know what he does, and, and, and he's good at what he does. And so uh, just going back to what I keep saying, I just have to stick to my game plan and, and not rush anything and, and, and just be ready for a 15-minute war. You said that you're kind of – you're taking your career, you know, like one fight at a time you're not looking too you know too much into the future you know moving forward do you feel that you have to be more strategic in when and who you fight yeah i i maybe i i've uh it, it's hard for me because uh i've never said no to a fight every time they call me i you know i take it you know i take the fight they say hey well, this guy needs a fight i'm like let's do it um with this i they actually gave me a, a, a few guys, you know, I, initially I was going to, um, I accepted a guy that was in front of me, uh, just cause I, I want to fight people that, you know, are higher ranked or, you know, bigger names. And then unfortunately something happened, he got injured that, that didn't go as according to plan. They gave me some guys that were good up and comers, but it does nothing for me because they're behind me. And, and Michael Johnson was in that, that same, uh, talk. And I was just like, yeah. I wanted. I think he's the toughest fight, and he's the biggest name, and so I think it does, it does great things for my career with a big win over uh, such a seasoned vet. Now the division, you know, while you've been away, has been moving sideways, upwards, downwards. It's it's it's, it's chaos right now, right? And then Max recently was announced to take on Dustin Poirier for the interim lightweight title. Many feel that. This will clog the division. But, you know, personally me, I feel that it gives opportunities for fighters like you to move closer to the title. Do you agree with this? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And uh, with Max moving up to 55 for the interim, that's a huge opportunity for him. Like, you can't, <laughs> you can't hate him for that. You know what I mean? Like, if I was in the same position, of course I, I take it. You know, it's going to be a lot of money for him. It's a win-win. He wins that belt. He gets to unify it with Khabib. That's going to make even more money. You know, say he were to lose the fight, it, it doesn't matter. He's a featherweight. You know what I mean? He still keeps his title. He'll come back down, make more money. And I think what the division right now is kind of held up because Aldo's the, the true number one contender. They fought twice. It's went Holloway's uh, way both of those times. I don't think they want to make a, a third fight between those guys. But now with Volkanovski you know, in the picture, if he were to win against Aldo, then I think he's the number one contender uh, to, to fight Holloway, and that'll be, you know, kind of new blood in the division and stuff like that. But, yeah, other than that, I, I don't think it holds up the division at all. You know, Max has kind of beat everyone in the, the, the top, and, yeah, I'm sure he'll come back down, but I don't think it affects the division at all. Who wins that fight? I don't know, man. I, I think uh, when Poirier and uh, Holloway fought the first time, that was Holloway's first fight, right? Mm -hmm. I think and, so. Uh, he, he's grown 
uh, so much as a martial artist, and he's he's definitely filled out. Poi is a great fighter too. He he's developed so much. So it it is a it's definitely a fight I'm excited about to watch as a fan. But man, I don't I don't know. I can see it going either way. But I but I feel like uh, I don't know. I could I could see either one of the guys. I can make an argument why Max will win. I can make an argument why uh, Poye will win. But it, it it's definitely a fight I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to. Recently, Justin Buckholtz, you know, a former coach for Team Alpha Male, a guy that's been around for a long time. You know, he did an interview. He was very critical of the coaches at Team Alpha Male and of URF Faber. I just wanted to get your thoughts on his comments and what is your current relationship with him? Yeah, no, I've, I haven't listened to any of the interviews, but it's uh, now that everyone keeps asking about this, it's... Uh, I don't know. It's I I don't know the full story of what's going on with him, so I really don't comment on anything like that. But it's like uh, you know, Justin's a, a great coach. The morale in our gym is great. The energy's high. We have great coaching staff. You know, I I wish everyone well, but it's I don't know the full story, so I I really have no reason to speak on it. All right. Well, one last thing before I let you go. You know, what is on your playlist? You know, what do you like listening to when you're training, when you're getting ready to fight? You know, you're in the back. What's, you know, you got the headphones on. What are you uh, playing? Oh, man, a lot of, uh, like, 90s hip-hop. I, uh, I like a lot of reggae. You know, Revolution is one of my uh, my favorite reggae bands. And I, and I walk out to uh, Sky's the Limit by them. Uh, but, yeah, just it, it just hypes me up. And, and a lot of times during training camp, when I'm when I'm at the gym, when I'm running, doing a lot of cardio stuff, I just listen to my playlist, and it's kind of like I'll, I'll get a few songs, like whatever I'm really feeling, that'll make me push harder and run. And then it's like I'll, I'll create a new little playlist uh, for for fight week, and uh, we just listen to that every time we're uh, we're in the the room rolling around or hitting mitts and getting ready. Nineties hip hop. Who are some of the artists? Well, I like. Uh, like Selly Cell, I, I listen oh. to, uh, you know, like E40, um, and I listen to a lot of like Biggie and Tupac and stuff like that. Some Sacramento rappers, um, you know. So it's a uh, it's it's a good playlist. You know, I I don't have too much. I, I need to download some newer stuff, but you know, it, it's it's definitely a good good playlist. Hey, I love Selly Cell E40. I grew up on Selly Cell E40, and. Brother Lynch Hung, you you listen to Brother yeah. Lynch Hung? Yeah, and that that's one of the yeah Brother Lynch and I actually had a when I fought in Sacramento because he's from Sacramento so I uh, I had this one of my friends make me this little uh, mix and it was like Brother Lynch I refuse to lose mixed with some <laughs> Revolution and then it was like uh, who was that? I think it was Dr. Dre when he was like singing Sacramento where are you at you know it, it was a dope remix and so. That was definitely uh, one for the agents. Got to you know, come out to Sacramento in the new arena. With had to put some of that stuff in there, you know. X-rated, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. I love it. Uh, Cause you know I talk to a lot of guys from all over the world, and everybody listens to different things. And sometimes you get surprised by certain fighters, and they're like, "Oh, you listen to that? I didn't even." You know, you get introduced to new things all the time, new music. So it's it's awesome. Yeah. March 30th, UFC on ESPN2, Michael Johnson, Philadelphia, you make your return. Thank you for your time, Josh, and good luck to you, sir.
Well, I appreciate it. You have a good one. Thanks for having me on.